Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. What is that? That's the second time it's gone off. They never go home. They never go home. They never go home, those, those, those boys. The second captain's world service. It is not war and death and famine. It's not that at all. It's the opposite of that. It's to persuade the world outside of that. That's why sport's important. Manchester United have been a goal-scoring sensation on the road in the Champions League this season. Three times they've gone away from home and scored three goals in the group stage. Normally, that would be enough probably for nine points well, I and mean, safe passage. Yeah, I mean, even seven seems like you'd be doing poorly enough out of that return. They've got one point out of <laughs> all those goals that they've scored somehow in the away games in the Champions League and their hopes of qualifying for the knockout round. But so many memories. Though. Hang by a thread. So many great memories, which we discussed today. You're welcome to your second captain's podcast promo. What did Ken have to say about Man United on the World Service today? They are... Amazing. To How think are they to, doing this? To think that we were given out about the Champions League group stages. <laughs> it was just every single week, just one classic guarantee. Apart from the game I was actually at, of course. Oh, the group, one the, the group one stages this Copenhagen year. just looks like more yes. and more like yeah. the most outrageous one in a million shot. A Manchester United win in the Champions League. Yeah. Put it this way, I saw, I mean, this is obvious enough, but when it's down on paper in front of you, last night was the third time that they've scored three away goals this season in yeah. the three European matches. One point. They've got one point out of those three games. <laughs> it's incredible. So this is by far the most any, uh, is it the most any English team has conceded in the group stage? Certainly after five matches anyway. Mm. Um, 14 conceded. So only Antwerp have let in more Celtic and Man United level on 14. Um, and still fighting for this title, though. Ken. Uh, well, they are. They, they, they are. Although that was complicated then by by what happened in the in the second game, the Bayern Copenhagen, which a couple of things went against them there. I mean, first of all, Bayern, who had won their previous, I think, sixteen or seventeen matches in a row um, in the in the group stages, did not win at home. Also, it appears that UEFA have just changed the rules on, on handballs overnight and Oh yeah. So, I mean, this was one of the I mean, even I'm thinking, yeah, this is a penalty. <laughs> the 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 one Bayern are not given. No. Now we've, we'll look at that and then we'll say, actually, no, that's not a penalty. You know, mm. why, why not? Like, but, I've you know, seen ridiculous penalties. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But, the you know, law that. is a living thing, though. <laughs> yeah. Ken, do you know what I mean? That, like, what gets you into trouble is laws that are in place for a long time, like, say, you know, a full week without changing. Yeah. yeah. You know, you need, to, you need to allow, the law has to allow for changing circumstances, changing 
uh, moods, changing, you know, the sweep of public opinion. Yeah, yeah. And 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 you can see that happening. And to be fair, Manchester United themselves seem to benefit from this um, organic flowing, mm. um, r- rapidly evolving law. When McTominay handled the ball and they didn't give it, and they, they didn't announce, we can't give this because the last guy who gave a penalty a bit like this just got stood down from his job. <laughs> right. But it seemed like, okay, Eddie Howe died for this. It was <laughs> Eddie, this is a, a, a Barrowheads and a, yeah. a minute silence for the sacrifice of brave Eddie Howe, whose team uh, didn't win in Paris last night in order that Manchester United could get away with this. What we were expecting to be a penalty against Scott McTominay, but you know, suddenly they're oh well, hang on, we're not sure. Anyway, the uh, what, but but none of that detracts from the the sheer majesty of what Manchester United Football Club have done this autumn. People talk about it being, as you said, Karen, people have been complaining and bitching and whining about this, but they have taken this Champions League group stage and made something wonderful out of it. You know. Every minute, almost every one of their games, apart from the ninety you were there for, and even that had even that had its moments. It had a good last minute. At I least. mean, it won good minute. It had yeah. a last minute. That it was, was like Monana saving the Monana penalty. Saving the penalty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's, it's, had, he's had a really good. I mean, from my vantage point, it appears as if he's had a great Champions League. Group. Well, if you watched a couple yeah. of his saves last night, you would have thought so as well. But then, if you watched his entire performance, you might have thought differently. It's Jesus. it's just been magic. <laughs> 360 yeah. minutes of magic. 361 if we include the one you were there for. Yeah. You know, how, like, how, how can a team, when they went 2-0 up, you're thinking, well, they've done it. They've, they've cracked it. Um, you know, it looked, it looked like not the most difficult group at the start. They, they, they toyed with us a little bit. Um, they, they sort of made it look like they might be about to crash out here. But then, they went to hell. They went to, to Galatasaray. They faced down that that huge crowd, that epic uh, tifo, uh, the storm, the the storm of of uh, Galatasaray. And they looked at Cooley in the eye. They went out there and they poof, poof, bang bang two goals. Um, and you thought, well, that's a professional job, mm. well done. You know, and it, and this is don't forget the form team in the Premier League. You know, with five wins in their last six. Premier My League United are back. And you thought, well, they, they, they are sort of getting to, you know, things are, things are going their way now. Um, Garnacho has, has started scoring. You know, there, there had been a long time the statistic, oh, Manchester United's forwards haven't scored. Garnacho scored a great goal. He scored another lovely goal last mm-hmm. night. Bruno is, is really productive. Bruno scores a great goal. Um, I think in both cases, obviously, Bruno was helped by um, the fact that his sort of opposite number, Luca Torreira, uh, just wasn't really... It was an amazing game, just because neither team bothered to do basic defending. This was this was your famous Thierry Henry handles the ball basketball style. Ken, this felt like a basketball match. It was. It, it was just tr- back forward, no midfields, no tackles, nothing like yeah. that. Just <laughs> boom, boom. Come on, Thierry Henry has controlled the ball basketball style. Everyone just cedes control of the midfield area on yeah. both sides, and off you go. You bomb forward, but you know if you score, we'll just bomb back and yeah. we'll score. Uh, I mean, as I said, I mean, I have I've seen stupider games of football. But all of them included uh, three adult Japanese soccer players playing a hundred five-year-olds. <laughs> like they, they, that is the only football spe- spectacle that. Who could, won could, that one? Could, I mean, they play it every the, year. It's got to be the five-year-olds. No, they play it every it's year. A, it's it seems to be usually the the, the, the grown-up players, players get who the win done eventually because they can kind of chip the ball to each other and head it in. Yeah, and it's not much yeah. five-year-olds can do, ultimately. <laughs> 
about that. Let's watch a bit of that, Murph. Tell me uh, when it's on again this year. We might do a piece on it. Yeah. Brando's going to cook up a piece on that one. <laughs> Much like he did with... But, you know, the, and then... And then they managed to just from a, from a 2-0 up position crumble again to two well this is, is this not exactly what happened in Copenhagen they they went 2-0 up and then okay they had a sending off there but then it was 2-all then they went 3-2 up and then it's 3-all and it's just beyond belief that they can keep doing this and we and I don't understand how this is the same team because you look at the Premier League and they've got they've played 13 matches they've scored 16 goals and they've let in 16 so there's and in the in the Champions League it's five matches they've scored twelve and let in fourteen so six more goals it's just like the Champions League is just this uh, uh, hallucinogenic just this this madness in every game where you you're looking at you feel like anything can happen in this game now mm. you know I, I I I'm just disregarding everything I, I expect about football. two nil up away from home crowd is. Quiet, job Against done. It, you know, not, 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 a, not a great team. <laughs> to be honest. I mean, a, a few players, like Hakim Ziyech is a, is a good footballer, but like not a top-class footballer. You know, he's, he's top-class at some things, but like, he, you know, when he was in the Premier League, he wasn't really worth picking regularly for Chelsea. He reminds me, Anthony reminds me a bit of him. I mean, I remember when, when they signed Anthony, we talked about how his record looks really like Ziyech's at the same club mm. Ajax before Chelsea signed him and he's had broadly similar maybe Zeke was a little bit better but you know likewise they kind of look maybe the Turkish league is the right level um, you know Icardi a player maybe you know Zaha who to be fair has been a really good player but is has been a really good player but yeah. never good enough for anyone to shout out the big big money for well Manchester United bought him and didn't work out I, yeah from Palace um, after his performances there it didn't work out for him there and you know and Torreira who, who obviously was at Arsenal didn't quite cut it um, but you know somehow they, they've, they've, they've got players who are talented enough to, to hurt you but but then the, the, some of the defending that they were doing like there was was it the, the McTominay goal the Galatasaray defence if you look at it, it they literally have assembled in a horseshoe shape mm-hmm. like, the, like a like as though you know, uh, sort of with the, with the two ends of the horseshoe sort of pointed towards their goal line. That's not a good defensive shape. You know, it'd be, and, and, and you've got Manchester United players of outside of that. Like they played it to Dallow and he's got so much space. All the, all the defenders are in the middle, but they're deep enough that they're not marking him. They are playing him on side. She's like, how, how have you managed to do that? This is just, you, when do you ever see this in the Champions League? And don't you wish you could see it more often? Wouldn't it be better if it was always like this? Yeah. Basically, the organization is anti-football. Mm. You know, it's like this, oh, let's let's not line up on horseshoe. Let's go. It's kind of, it makes it too easy for them to score. Let's try and make it difficult. You know, everyone's trying to make it difficult for the other team to score all the time. Yeah. That's not what we really want to see. You want to see a horseshoe formation. In the just, just get out there. Just invent the game, you know, off the cuff, Owen. You know, make the people happy. And that's what Manchester and Galatasaray did. They made everybody happy apart from themselves. Murph, the history of the human race. It's really a history of written documents mm-hmm. that shape the world we live in. I'm talking your Ten Commandments. Obviously. Your Magna Cartas, your Treaties of Versailles. The 1916 <laughs> Proclamation, maybe, throw in that, yeah, yeah in this country, uh, and other similar documentations around yeah. the world. Uh, Martin Luther's 95 things we got wrong in the with Christianity, or just the church, I suppose. There you go. To that vaunted list, you can add the 11 golden rules, the 11 commandments 
for Club GA players, delivered in dictatorial language to squad members at an as yet unidentified Irish GA club and helpfully leaked by somebody online. So this has been doing the rounds among the rules. Anyone planning trips to Australia, America, Canada, etc. etc. In other words, anywhere. It sounds like England's okay. Mm. Yeah, Does etc. just mean any other country? I or? think it just kind of seems like you know where else would lads be off? Yeah, yeah. Where, I'd mention England there if 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 I if I, I was wrong in there. Yeah, 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 people might be going off. You know, I'm confused. I mean, I want to go to you know Aldershot, Guadeloupe for two weeks. Does that count? Anyone planning trips to Australia, America, etc. for the summer can't be part of the senior panel for 2024. No drinking during Championship June to October unless approved by management and the leadership group. Unapproved drinking means suspension or removal from panel. So this sort of stuff. That was the tone. Paul Flynn was in studio to discuss. To be honest with you, it feels like around ten years ago this stuff was happening. Yeah. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like. Um, I do recall being involved in teams where there was initially, you know, it might be a manager who's kind of dictating what is okay, what's not okay. Um, it kind of evolved then to social contracts, if you like, whereby we get everybody in a group, in a, get all the players in a room, get the leadership involved. The managers already had a quiet ear to say, these are the things I want to be listed on the board. And then the players kind of come up with them themselves. Yeah, and yeah. then you, you agree because we all came up with them. Um, <laughs> even though it's pure nonsense, the managers kind of just coerced you there. Um, so I had that feel around 10 years ago when I seen it and I, did, I didn't really kind of it got sent to me in a WhatsApp but I didn't really pay too much attention to it when I initially seen it and then obviously we were, we were in touch and mm. you, were, you know we wanted to have a chat about this and I was like I went back and read through them all and it, you're right on it's the tone of it it's the, it's the way it's, it's structured but when you go through them all uh, most teams I've been involved in wouldn't have been that strict but you'd kind of have unwritten rules similar to to them if you know what I mean but I think the distinction is very important between them being written down and them being unwritten rules because yeah. be, because if you write it down then it's okay there's a there's a line that you can't cross and there's you know you removal from the panel suspension from the panel as mentioned a couple of times in all these rules whereas if they're whereas if they're unwritten it it becomes self policing mm. you know like as a group you're you're looking at each other and saying okay lads listen we you know whatever it takes you know for the why don't we just put in four weeks now and of like really hard training and see where that gets us whereas if you're coming to a group in november of the year before this, these are the 2024 rules like yeah. you know if you're setting these down in november of 2024 then what does that actually say like you're locked into a thing for 13 months Basically, yeah. you know, like the like the two months of 2023 that are left until this time next year. The difference is actually massive because it's not it's not a culture. It's a set of rules that you have to follow or there are consequences. Yeah, and that's the, that's the, the key point. Like I don't when you go through them one by one, like I would definitely argue a good few of them, you know, um, you know, and like the, the, the risk of having a rule based, based if you like culture uh, yeah. is that it's going to be broken. You know, you're going to get. In, in incidents where you know, somebody's going to you know go on the, on the beer or someone's going to go on holidays with their with their missus or whoever and you know like, how ridiculous is what is Paul the, just said yeah, I know like, this, like, this, this, on, this, this like, is a big issue I remember like it, it, when I was looking at them again I remember last year I was doing the, the RT the, the, uh, one of the Sunday games and there was a busy schedule and I remember right at the end something was thrown in in relation to like a, a is there a binge culture of drinking and yeah. and I remember not like even preparing an answer and then just kind of saying something off the cuff and driving back from Montrose or T Studios and saying that's not what I believe what I said right I just mm. kind of threw something out there mm. in relation to uh, because 
the relationship with drinking in in in, in the GA, I don't, I, I never experienced anything that bad, right? Mm. Like I experienced anything I've been involved in. You know, you pick your gap when you go for a few beers, and you know, you never have a ban. You just kind of do it when it feels right, and then you get back on the horse. You go back training, and you go at it again for a little for a little kind of mini camp or a mini kind of mm. burst of it. And like it was always healthy enough, right? You know, so I always that always kind of annoyed me on reflection. And when I seen this again, it kind of brought me back to that where I was saying, "Are we trying to create problems ourselves by 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 this type of stuff?" And when I think to who was the best at ever minding the culture of a team and that I was involved in, it's all it was Jim Gavin, right? And mm. like he never would have done anything like this, right? He would he he always had the philosophy of the three P's, which were, you know, the three P's of the player, which was the, the, he understood that they're, they're a professional. He understood that they had a personal life and he understood that they had a physical life in, mm. in their career. And he always tried to find equilibrium across the three P's. And if a guy had to go on holidays with his missus because for whatever reason was going on, he needed that bit of space, he understood and he would carve that out. And it w- would it be declared with everybody else? Not really. Everyone understood that if they had an incident there, life that they wanted to care about a bit of time then he d- equally he would be he would be fair across exams the board exams and stuff like that like players would get time off all 100% kind of things, yeah, and yeah. it was across the board right you know if Jack was doing exams for medicine it was non-negotiable and like it came to the point where the lads wouldn't even want them there if we knew that that was kind of mm. the stuff that was going on in his head because it's a, you trust one another you trust the management they're going to have your back and you trust that each of us are not going to be like cynical towards one another if they get a bit of a gap this type of stuff creates cynicism it creates backstabbing it creates you are out here it's nonsense right like it's and it's not going to benefit like the only thing I would caveat it with is I don't know anything got to do with the context I don't know, I don't know if anyone does right? I don't know anything got to do with like we have obviously this word out what the team are or whatever but you don't know what their backstory is you know where they're coming from so I always kind of try maybe we just don't know that element of it but the way performance is going, whether it be in sport, whether it be in anything, it's more holistic. It's about understanding that balance between everything. And I don't think there's any balance in this. It's like literally all in or nothing, which yeah. is nonsense. Well, just on that, because we've kind of alluded to this idea that everyone in this document is being treated as though they're just the same as each other. There's no tailoring for individual players or human beings or personalities or different people's what's going on yeah. in different people's lives. At the same time, though, are we guilty maybe, it's just something you touched on there, are we guilty of looking at this document and maybe saying, well, no GA club should be like this and we're maybe painting everybody with the same brush whereas who knows what sort of disciplinary issues there have been in this club. It could be an absolute shambles. It could be a mess and actually this could be what's needed in this particular case even if it, if it's not what, say, the Dublin senior footballers require. That's exactly my point. I was like, you know, they could be a team of phenomenal talent, phenomenally talented players and maybe the manager's coming in and saying what's needed is a bit of rigour, a bit of discipline. We've tried all the other nice stuff where we mm-hmm. trusted them and they just mm-hmm. They kept on failing. I'm putting the foot down here because I'm doing it for them because they can win a championship or they can do whatever their goals are. This is the approach I feel is best for them. He could be entirely doing this for the right reasons, mm. and and people are on the outsides looking in saying this is nonsense, you know. But in saying that, I suppose when you just see something on paper like that called, it's easy to pass the judgment that we're passing now. So I just think it is important to kind of give the benefit of the doubt in relation to we don't know what the context here is and um, you know you know, I, I, even going back to like say for example let's contrast Jim with Pat Gilroy when he came in he cracked the whip oh yeah because he had to because he felt that there was a little bit of discipline issues there was clicks in the group there was 
maybe um, an overemphasis on the talented players and not really, you know, emphasis on the, on the whole. And he was really hard on players. I remember some of the things he did to Bernard Brogan in the meetings. Mm. And it was like really tough. At times I was cringing thinking, geez, that's a bit of a step too far, you know. And then Bernard goes on and becomes player of the year under Pat, you know. So just that needs to be yeah. kind of taken yeah. into, into the conversation. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Just a crying big baby. But you cannot call it a player a baby. Coach! and we never said they are baby. He's just a crying big baby and you cannot call a player a baby. There is a battle taking place at the moment for one of the most coveted roles in Irish sport, that of out-half for the Irish rugby team. Mm. I come away from, from Five Nations back here and well, I was European yeah. Player of the Year and Golden Boot winner and all that. That was lovely. Yeah. But that was a reflection on the way I was playing. <laughs> nah, he's a different class. Not, a, not any of the current in the previous opponents. game I scored a new Irish record, 19 points. 19 points. gobsmacked. Listen, none of the current pretenders are fit to lace the boots of the great man. <laughs> Or indeed Ollie Campbell. But it is an intriguing battle nonetheless in the wake of Johnny Sexton's retirement. Jack Crowdy showed against Leinster why he is probably the leading candidate to take the reins in the Six Nations. But he could be under pressure from Kieran Frawley amongst others. Frawley came off the bench early to lead Leinster to victory at a sold out of Viva Stadium. Greatly impressing Rory O'Connor and Shane Horgan in the process. You know, the more I see of him, the more I'm convinced that he's the 10 that can elevate Leinster to their to their highest Interesting, position. Interesting, Shane, because you did throw him into the mix last week. We were chatting about the various, you know, the various potential successors to Johnny Sexton. And I guess that's another question again, because Jack Crowdy's among the people who, who might be in his way there. But he he hasn't always been, been trusted with this position. And yet he, he took his opportunity brilliantly once he came off the bench. Yeah, he's 26. It's a long time. He was a little bit late coming into it. And then, you know, you got Sexton there and, and, and Ross Byrne was there. There wasn't huge opportunity. But, you know, I thought a couple of years ago, he looked as if he was on the right path. Then he got injured and injured. So he needs a period where he's not injured and he needs a period where he's put in consistently and he plays these games. And if, if, he, if he gets that, 
you know, I'd be very, very hopeful for how the way he can play and the way he can get Leinster playing as well. It's like, it was definitely like, you know, Shea, his upfield running is exceptional. His ability to pass the ball in tight spaces and at the right time looked really good as well. So it was an incredibly exciting performance in both ends, wasn't it? And, you know, it, it's funny how rugby develops and evolves and, and changes really quickly. We're in a situation where, now we're all pining for Sexton because he was—he's been there for so long and and was so sort of instrumental in in everything that you know Leinster and Ireland have done. But all of a sudden, you've got this fight for position at Leinster, but also a position in Ireland as well. And I thought the two tens were were cracking at the weekend. Frawley's a funny one, right, Roy? Because I feel like there's a a host of ex-internationals who've talked him up and he hasn't really got that many chances partly down to injury partly down to selection but I'm thinking of Luke Fitzgerald on the Indo podcast last week you were on it with him uh, Shane has been talking about him for years Brian O'Driscoll basically anybody who's kind of on the regular circuit of punditry at the moment who played at a high level loves Frawley or wants to see more of Frawley so why is it Leo is it was it Lancaster is it something we're missing that they're seeing in training that he's not getting more chances he is one of these players who was hampered by his own versatility and, and you know gets you into squads but it doesn't necessarily get you into teams he's also I think they Ross Byrne he's a, two or three years younger than Ross Byrne and, and just lost that kind of that little bit of a race that Byrne got in ahead of him as Sexton's reserve and has been very reliable for Leinster over the years but I, I once asked your Lancaster in a press conference, who does he remind you of? You know, kind of doing a profile piece or something like that. And he came, and I was kind of hoping, you know, Owen Farrell maybe because he plays 10 12. And he came out with Billy 12 Trees, which <laughs> right. wasn't the most inspirational oh. answer, I have to say. <laughs> damn, damn with faint praise. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, was, uh, I was a little bit taken aback because it wasn't a, a comparison I would have made myself. Did and you say Owen Farrell? Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, what about Owen? Um, but he, so that's, that's the man who had a huge influence in the backline selection at Leinster over the years. He gets into the Ireland onto the, the summer tour of New Zealand. Uh, not, is it last the summer of 2022? And Andy Farrell and Harry Byrne picks up a knock. Who was supposed to play in the midweek games at ten, and Andy Farrell gets him a ten. And suddenly Ireland are looking at him as their ten. And but for a very badly timed injury in in November, he would have been ahead of Crowley for the games last November, and probably would have gone to the World Cup as th- that third second choice ten who can you know cover the bench like the way Crowley did at the World Cup because he can cover a couple of positions because Crowley's quite similar, and now. He comes back, he's got a new uh, senior coach at Leinster who doesn't know anything about any of them and is just coming into his first couple of training sessions and is going to get to know them. So he's a chance to impress. Sexton's gone, so there's open season on, on who's going to get in there. So that looming presence that's always been there and you've, you, you, know, you always knew that he was going to come back and you'd have to shift to 12 or 15 if you wanted to get into the team. So that's another element that's just been taken away. And now suddenly Ross Byrne has potentially torn his bicep. That's mm-hmm. the suspicion. It hasn't been confirmed yet. So he could be out until mid-Six Nations if that's a really bad one. You know, So that's terrible timing for Ross Byrne and really unlucky because he's bided his time very, for, you know, very well and th- taken a lot of chances and now suddenly... The, the and door he's had is open. a good injury profile. Absolutely, Leinster. excellent yeah. injury profile. You know, he is Mister Reliable for Leinster, and suddenly at the moment where it opened the door open for him to be, to lead it, um, although he did lead it last year because Sexton wasn't there for Leinster for most of the year, mm. it's it's open for Frawley, his brother Harry, and Sam Prendergast, who I still think has a year in the gym to go before he's really able to yeah. to, to kind of command Heineken Cup or Investec Champions Cup games and Six Nations games and stuff. So, um, for the door is open for Frawley, and I think. Farrell already likes him. So suddenly from Ross Byrne versus Crowley, within seven minutes of a game, it became Crowley versus Frawley. And Frawley's, like, just his conversions, his, conv- his conviction around the pitch, 
his uh, the way he composed himself it looked like two established tens going head to head and Sexton was up in the crowd he was he was kind of given a big reception for the game it was lovely but I'd say he was pretty satisfied that going you know what I can step away now quite you know these lads are okay you know they're not yeah. maybe we, we don't know if they'll ever get to his level but they look like they can do a very very good job at a very high level Crowley's got to but you can t- yeah, you can also you. see the impact you can also mm. see the impact I think of the way Sexton plays Definitely. the game mm. in the way they both play the game and that yeah. you know that attacking the line the both very very capable of running the loop play but in a in a right way like anyone can run a loop play and have done for years but they've done it they've done it inefficiently and you know they ended up their shoulders downfield and it's they're not a big threat these guys any sort of fast ball i've shown what sort of threat they are their ability to hold the inside and move the ball across their body there's definitely the legacy of of sexton um lives on you know and you know that's not to say that they don't have other elements in their game that you know potentially that they you know that are almost better than Sexton, you know. So um, it's a very very exciting time for uh, for Irish rugby at ten to watch this develop and and you know still yeah as you said there's others there sticking their hand up but in some ways it is a pressurised environment for Frawley because I did feel that maybe the sort of door was closing. It's now it seems like it's 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 massively ajar, but this is his year. If he doesn't get a sustained run, if he doesn't sort of carve out himself as as the key man in Leinster this year, you're right, there's Prendergast and others knocking down the door as well. And it's really important that he takes this opportunity if indeed he's given it. I think Sexton's, you can throw in the physicality and defensive ability into those qualities that these younger out halves are trying to emulate as well, Rory. Certainly judging by, uh, we mentioned the really good interview you did with Crowley in the last few days. Uh, there was one particular story about a, a, a moment the penny dropped with him that I have to bring the defensive side of the game to my game as well. Yeah, he was playing for Cork on uh, at, at a young age and he had been too small to play 10 at underage level. A lot of coaches have moved him to nine, but he developed physically. He got himself into Munster 19 squads and stuff like that as a 10. He gets selected for Cork Con. He's in the Munster sub-academy or in the mix for, for Munster senior contract and he's on the pitch and they say, okay, you're out in the wing now. We, you know, when they have the ball, you're out in the wing. We're going to we're gonna hide you. We're going to yeah. look after you. And it. I think they were probably being as as you would be with a nineteen year old, and even Leinster were hiding Ross Byrne in the five meter channel on Saturday. Just so trying to look after them. Yeah, a bit. but he looked at it going, "Hang on a second, they look at me as a defensive liability. I'm not going to consider myself that. I'm going to make myself the best defender I possibly can be." And I asked it because against the Stormers, he took huge physical punishment, and he kept getting up. And um, you know, former players have remarked a lot about his toughness, and it's, it's not just his mental toughness, which is there. We saw that with the drop goal, but it's his physical toughness and resilience is one of these almost unspoken attributes that professional rugby players have to have it's that ability to get up and do it week on week on week and without It's interesting that it's something that he has consciously built Mm. though it's not just something that's I'm sure that there's something there are inherent character Owen Farrell you feel grew up wanting to hit people (laughs) yeah whereas maybe Crowley has formed that part of his personality and his technique yeah and I think watching and learning from Johnny and and he he spoke to Peter O'Reilly in the Sunday Times a couple of weeks ago and and I was trying to tiptoe around the, his interview to try and bring something fresh to my readers, but he did say that he rang, so he got, got Sexton's number when he was kind of third choice in Munster. He got Sexton's number off Peter O'Mahony, rang him and said, "Look, do you mind mentoring me or kind of giving me some tips?" And and he he worked with Sexton on more mental side about how you know he was playing for Cork Con in and out, and Sexton was like, "Well, I was twenty three, I was still playing for Mary's at times. I got dropped down, and I, you know this is how I stayed through it." But I'm sure even just seeing Johnny at first hand 
you know, during this year in Ireland camp together, you know, they grew up watching him. You know, the, the whole the whole generation here who Sexton was their 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 totem. Really, you know, Crowley would have seen the tail end of O'Gara's career, but really Sexton has been for his entire kind of rugby watching or when he was kind of being aspiring to be a pro that was his, his the example he wanted to follow and um, yeah Farrell's another one who he would have looked at and he did reference a couple of others who all made their tackles um, and it's definitely part of the mindset he has and you could see it with Frawley as well I think one of the reasons Frawley has picked up injuries is because he's been playing in the centre and, and making tackles against bigger men he's not small but he you know he's given away a little bit to some of the centres he's coming up against but he has that, that um, physical braveness and I think Prendergast one reason to say he's got a year, a little bit to go is that against the Scarlets the week previously when he started and he scored a really good try and played very well he did get run over once or twice and, and you know that's something that's not happening to Crowley mm. um, that's not happening like to win a breakdown turnover a pivotal point after that Andrew Porter break down the left he gets in over the ball that's that's what Sexton used to do and that's what gave and I'm sure, sure Shane can talk to this that's what gave his teammates such faith in him and you know if he's willing to do it well, I, I have to do it as well you know so the forwards are looking at that going getting on board a World Service member was in touch saying Sam Prendergast should have got a lot more love than he did Murphy. Mm. He's the man to lead us in for the next 10 years. He's the best in the world! Problem is, Prendergast, it doesn't as a name, it just doesn't fit into the combined name Frowley that Simon inadvertently <laughs> came up with yeah. to describe <laughs> Frowley. Well, I've got great news. I like to pass it on. Ah, okay. There's a sort of lucrative media opportunities that await whoever manages to grab the number 10 jersey over the next while. Uh, that's all available already for you now. All you need to do is go on secondcaptains.com to sign up for five euro a month plus fat. The second last episode of this series is out now and it's a crossover with the Talking Bollocks podcast. Richie sat down with one of the show's hosts, Terence Power, in his home in Stony Batter to speak about how he and his mum, Rachel, have both managed to break the cycle of generational addiction in their family and life growing up in the Dorset Street flats before his mum began her recovery. When we speak about things like this, it's almost like a poverty pity party. It's almost, it can kind of look like that from the outside. But the truth is, it's just reality. Most people where I grew up in Doors Estuary Flats lived a similar life to us. Most of us had nothing. There was the select few, probably had a telly and a skybox. You were a millionaire if you had that. Where most of us wouldn't have had heating in the house. We wouldn't have had a telly with channels on it. Like the gaff would have been mad. The flat would have been mental. What, What does mental mean? Waking up in the morning... And one of your four sides is Yama having a drink, probably bringing it to school with a can on the pram. And then you go home from school yourself and you go into the house and me and ma would probably be sitting there with three of our friends and they'd all be drinking and music would be blurred and then it's half two in the day. And they're all just partying from early. And then that goes on into the night. At night you're trying to go to sleep and you're lying in bed and... The visions I have of, of the flat growing up, wow, they're like grim. Yeah, Terence speaks really beautifully about how his relationship with his mum has blossomed since she found sobriety and had his younger siblings, but also about his own recovery, which has not been a straightforward process. It's really worth a listen. You can find it now wherever you get your podcasts. If you've enjoyed the show so far, don't forget to leave a five-star rating as well. It really helps other people to find the podcast for the first time. And just as we were recording today's pod ourselves on the World Service, the sad news came in about the death of Shane McGowan, one of the great... Irish artists so we've got to play a bit of, bit of the Pogues Murph I think yeah. to see us out here today here is A Rainy Night in Soho take care I've been loving you a long time 
down all the years down all the times and I've cried for all your troubles smile at your funny little ways we watched our friends grow up together and we saw them as they fell Some of them fell into heaven Some of them fell into hell I took shelter from a shower And I stepped into your arms The wind was whistling all its charms I sang you all my sorrows You told me all your joys Whatever happened to that old song To all those little girls and boys By my bed Covered in a cloak of silence I'd hear you talking in my head I'm not singing for the future I'm not dreaming of the past Talking of the first time I never think about the last Now the song is nearly over We may never find out what it means Still there's a lot of hope for me You're the measure of my truth The measure of my truth
that's the second time it's gone off. They never go home. They never go home. They never go home, those, those, those boys. The second captain's world service. It is not war and death and famine. It's not that at all. It's the opposite of that. It's to persuade us of the world outside of that. That's why sport's important. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.